Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hi, Oddings. This is the Something Scary Podcast. I'm your Ate Sapphire. Today's stories take place in Mexico. We'll eat some pozole, meet the lady in white, run into La Lechuza, investigate a strange mattress, and learn about La Llorona. I receive hundreds of amazing story submissions every single week. As always, the first story you hear is one that I've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. Then I also select another four stories that I read aloud for the podcast. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. So, want to hear something scary? Do this in memory of me. Our first chapter is inspired by a true story submitted by Adi. Recently, they stayed with their tia in Mexico, and when they asked her to make her famous pozole, this is what she told them. I will never eat pozole again. There's a church in my neighborhood that I've been going to every Sunday for the past year or so. And after every mass, all of the members move next door to the hall where free lunch is served. Every week, it's the same delicious pozole, a traditional red stew with pork and vegetables. And it's all prepared and provided by Lupe Espinoza, a kind young woman. Lupe had been involved in the church long before I became a member. She was the most dedicated Catholic I had ever met. She ran the youth group and food drives and volunteered all over the city. After every mass, she would give an individual greeting to every single person and memorized everybody's name. Everybody practically worshipped her, especially her husband, Eduardo. He was also involved in the community, but even he knew he wasn't as beloved as Lupe. Personally, I was always slightly creeped out by how intense they were. Lupe never broke eye contact with you when you were speaking, and Eduardo treated Lupe like she was a god. His wife seemed to be his proudest achievement, but they both did so much good in the community, it felt wrong to think ill of them, even though they both seemed a little off. One thing was for sure, their pozole was divine. One Sunday, I woke up late and forgot to eat breakfast before heading to mass. My stomach was gurgling through the whole service, and it only got worse during the transubstantiation, which is when the priest turns the bread and wine into the body and blood of Jesus. Take this, all of you, and drink from it. This is my blood. In Catholicism, we believe that an actual transformation happens in that moment. 
that is actually Jesus's body and blood that we are about to consume. We believe that it brings us closer to God. Do this in memory of me. The second mass was over, I rushed over to the hall to get in line for food. Maybe it was because I was extra hungry that day, but the pozzoli was even better than I remembered. I had always prided myself for my cooking skills, especially my own pozzoli recipe, but the Espinosas had me beat. I decided to ask Lupe about it. Your pozzoli is the best I've ever had. What's your secret? Lupe stared into my eyes, smiled, and delicately placed a hand on my shoulder. Just God's love. The following Sunday, I went to Mass as usual. But the Mass was not as usual. It was a memorial service for Lupe. During the week, the youth group went on one of those home-building trips, like Habitat for Humanity, and a large metal crossbeam fell right on top of Lupe. It would have slammed right into three teenagers, but Lupe pushed them out of the way. After the service, everybody congregated in the hall. Once everybody had a bowl of soup in their hands, Eduardo addressed the crowd. Thank you all for coming. My wife loved all of you very much. Please, raise your bowls. Take this, all of you, and drink it. To Lupe. Everybody took a sip. We all took our seats and continued to eat the pozole. But it tasted a little different, not worse, just different, which made me realize that Lupe was probably the better chef, not Eduardo. I was nearing the bottom of my bowl, so I picked it up and slurped the rest. All that was left was a small chunk of meat. I went to stab it with my fork, but it was surprisingly tough. I continued to stab it and in doing so realized that it was a thumb, a goddamn human thumb with the bone still inside. I screamed and immediately started gagging. I threw the thumb onto the table. Everyone around me gasped in horror and disbelief. I turned to Eduardo and shouted, what did you feed us? He simply stared back, raised his hands and said, she died for others. Do this in memory of her. You're what insane. What the hell is wrong with you? Oh my God. Angry shouts echoed throughout the hall as people began vomiting everywhere. We held Eduardo in that room until the police came. I didn't do anything wrong. You should be grateful. We're all closer to God. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. And now, more Something Scary. Our next chapter is submitted by Erica whose tia, Teresa, had an unforgettable night while driving for Uber in Mexico. 
One night in Monterey, Mexico, Teresa was driving for Uber, the ride-sharing app. She had just lost her job and needed to earn some money while trying to find a new one. She usually avoided driving at night for safety reasons, but she was recently hit with some unexpected expenses and needed the extra income. On the app, there is a carpool option, where the driver can pick up multiple passengers going the same way. It saves gas and earns the driver more money. So when Teresa got an alert for a shared ride, she accepted the rider. She followed her GPS to the first passenger's pickup location outside of a diner. A man in a suit got in the front seat, and a woman in a white dress sat in the back. Teresa was a little annoyed. See, the rider is supposed to let the driver know ahead of time how many passengers are coming, so that the driver doesn't accidentally accept too many people to fit in the car. And this couple only selected one passenger on the app. But Teresa didn't want to make a fuss about it. They probably just forgot. And it seems like they might have been in a fight. So Teresa just continued to drive. The tension in the car was so cold, Teresa began shivering. The man was busy scrolling on his phone. Teresa tried to catch a glimpse of the woman in the rearview mirror, but her face was hidden by her hair. So, how's your night going? Teresa said in an awful attempt at cutting the tension. It's going okay, said the man, not breaking eye contact with his phone. What about you? Teresa asked the woman in the back. I said it was okay, interrupted the man. It was the first time he looked up from his phone. Teresa took the hint and remained focused on getting them to their destination. After about a few minutes, Teresa felt a light touch on her shoulder. Could you drop me off up there? The woman pointed towards the side of the road. They were in the middle of nowhere, and Teresa didn't feel comfortable dropping her off there. I'm sorry, I can't do that. I have to drop you off at the location you put on the app. The man looked up from his phone again. What's the problem? She wants me to drop her off over here, but I can't do that. Who wants you to drop them off? Your... Teresa turned her head around. The back seat was empty. Teresa was completely startled and lost control of the car. They started careening towards the side of the road, about to collide with a woman in white. The car hit a tree and came to a stop. Teresa and the passenger were luckily physically unharmed, but very shaken. What the hell? What's wrong with you? There was, there was a woman. The woman in white. She got in the car with you. You really didn't see her? The man's expression morphed from anger to total fear. Have you been having a lot of bad luck lately? Teresa was shocked by this seemingly random question, but even more shocked by how accurate it was. Actually, yes. I lost my job recently, and money's been really tight. That lady... She only appears to those who have been cursed. We have to get you to a healer. I can take you to mine. The man proceeded to call a tow truck and a taxi. Teresa was having a hard time sorting out all the different emotions she was feeling. But while waiting for the taxi, she noticed a giant ditch on the side of the road, right about where the woman had been pointing earlier. A half hour later, the taxi arrived and took them to a small house a few miles away. The man introduced the homeowner as Rosa, his curandera, or spiritual healer. Rosa took out an uncooked egg and explained how she was going to use it to clear Teresa of all the negative and harmful energy attached to her. Teresa laid on the floor while Rosa slowly traced the egg all over her body, absorbing the bad spirits. 
despite being surrounded by complete strangers in such an intimate setting. Teresa felt strangely comfortable. After the ritual, Rosa instructed Teresa to crack the egg open into a glass of water to see what the egg extracted. The contents of the egg were completely black. It even caused Rosa to jump. I've never seen an egg this bad. I'm so glad you came when you did. I don't know what would have happened if this harmful energy followed you around any longer. After the ritual, the man called another taxi for Teresa to take her home. Thank you for helping me so much. I really appreciate it. It's no trouble at all. Rosa helped me when I first saw the lady in white. The next day, Teresa got a job interview and was eventually hired. And she never drove Uber at night again. Thank you, Erica, for sharing that story with us. Um, I really like that story because it's sort of a modern-day twist on the legend of the White Lady. Uh, if you don't know what the White Lady is, it's sort of like, I mean, maybe you've heard of the Vanishing Hitchhiker, where people have experienced picking up a hitchhiker, and then when they drop them off at their location, it's like a cemetery, and then they discover that that person's actually been dead for years. I'm actually very curious to know why this particular phenomenon happens so frequently and why it's always a lady in white. If uh, anybody has any answers, uh, feel free to email me. If you're fascinated by the darker sides of humanity, join us every week on our podcast, Serial Killers, where we go deep into notorious true crime cases. With significant research and careful analysis, we examine the psyche of a killer, their motives and targets, and law enforcement's pursuit to stop their spree. Follow Serial Killers wherever you get your podcasts and get new episodes every Monday. story is inspired by an experience that Layla had when she went camping for the first time in Mexico. I saw my dad kill someone. Well, it, it wasn't really a person. Okay, maybe I should start from the beginning. It was my first camping trip. My family planned for months that we would go down to Mexico to experience the beautiful landscapes there. I was excited since many in my family had gone camping before, but it was my first time. Sitting out in the open, cooking food and playing games, it sounded like a great time. I remember my family driving down a dirt road, somewhere off the grounds we were provided. I didn't like the idea of going out of bounds, but my family said that the further we went, the more privacy we'd have. We drove into an area with no trees, just flat ground. There were no signs nearby telling us about this area. I was a little worried, but I trusted my parents. They'd done this before, after all, not me. Soon, we started up the grill, and I was in a great mood. We were playing music, talking with each other. It was a great time. And then it got dark, so we started to get ready for bed. Everyone was sleeping outside to really be with nature. I remember wanting to go back in the car, but my mom wouldn't let me. I finally managed to close my eyes. But as I was drifting slowly into dreams, someone's hand covered my mouth. I tried to pry it off of me but stopped when I realized it was my mother's horrified face inches from mine, dimly lit by her smartphone's glow. She held a finger to her mouth and slowly pointed to the car. Get in the car as quickly and quietly as you can. Go. 
Slowly and carefully, I sat up and went to grab my sleeping bag, but my mom pulled it out of my hand. Leave it. I had never seen my mom so serious and intense. I took large strides towards the door, careful to step lightly on my toes. Then I heard a faint bird call. It sounded like the hoot of an owl. I didn't know owls lived in this area. I reached the car and got in my seat. My dad and my sister were already inside, buckled in and ready to go. My mom got in the passenger seat and gave my dad a nod that said, Let's go. He slammed on the gas and we sped into the darkness, our vision only as far as our headlights would allow. I had no idea what was going on and needed to know. Mom? Not now, Layla. I'll explain when we're far away from here. <laughs> Something slammed into the windshield. It's just a bird, honey. Everything's fine. My mom tried to reassure us. Some of its feathers remained on the window. It rolled off the hood and onto the ground in front of our car. My dad hit the gas and we could hear the crunching of bones as we rolled right over it. My dad stopped, shifted into reverse, and ran over it again. I could hear it screeching in agony. Dad, stop! I pleaded with him. Why was he trying to hurt this innocent bird? But he went back and forth, back and forth until the screeching had stopped. Is everyone okay back there? My dad asked. Me and my sister nodded, even though we clearly were not okay. Then, my dad continued to drive. I looked out the back window and watched as we drove further from the lifeless bird. We all continued on, without saying another word, until we were back home. The next morning, we ate breakfast at the table, quietly. The morning news played on the TV. I wasn't really paying attention until the words Mexico and dead woman. I watched intently as the anchor explained that an elderly woman was found dead at the very campgrounds we were at. Cause of death appeared to be having been run over by a vehicle. I looked at my dad. Did you kill that woman last night? That was no woman, my dad replied. That was La Lechuza, a witch who takes the form of an owl at night to hunt her prey. We're lucky we got out when we did. I looked at my mom, hoping she would have some hint of a smile, something to tell me that this wasn't true. But she just closed her eyes and nodded in agreement. Needless to say, that was the first and last time I ever went camping. Thank you, Layla, for sharing that story with us. La Lechuza is a really popular legend in Mexico, and they say that there are four different remedies if you ever uh, have a run-in with one. And one of them is to pray. Um, so prayer will keep them away. The other is tying seven knots in a string or rope. Uh, I'm actually not entirely sure what that means. I'm sure there's some significance in number seven. Um, another is to see a curandera or a spiritual healer. And the fourth one is to kill the bird with a shotgun or rifle. But you are probably better off just avoiding dark places at night. <laughs> This next tale comes from Yoongi, who had trouble sleeping one night because of her new mattress. I was about seven years old when I lived in Mexico. We had just moved to a new apartment complex, and being an only child, I got my own room. 
My parents were financially stable, but they did like to save money when they could. They said I could have my own full-size mattress, which was pretty big for such a small girl, but we'd have to buy a used one at the thrift shop. And that was fine with me. I was just excited to have a big bed. I went with them to the store to help pick one out. My dad asked me which one I liked, and I immediately pointed to the last one stacked against the wall. Something about it was calling to me. Later that day, it was delivered to our apartment, and I immediately plopped down on it. I spread my arms and legs out as wide as I could. I rolled around from top to bottom. God, I remember being so excited over such a silly little thing. That didn't last too long. I woke up at 2 a.m. that night. My back felt a little sore, like I had been sleeping on top of something sharp. I felt around on my bed in the dark to see if I had accidentally forgotten a toy or book on the bed, but couldn't find anything. I chalked it up to having a vivid dream and laid back down. But I felt it again. It felt like something was poking me from inside the mattress. I wondered why I hadn't noticed it before when I was rolling around earlier. But there was no way I'd be able to get any sleep like this, so I went into my parents' room. They weren't super thrilled to be woken up at this hour. Mom, Dad, can I sleep with you tonight? My bed isn't very comfortable. Oh, Miha, you're just not used to it yet, my dad said. You're going to have to get used to it. We can't return it and we can't afford to get a different one, my mother chimed in. Let me go take a look, okay? My dad followed me to my room. He lay down on my bed, rolled around a little bit, and stood up. This bed is perfectly fine, Mia. Try to get some sleep. He went back to his room, leaving me all alone. I stared at the mattress. I knew what I felt, but I also knew that my parents weren't going to do anything about it tonight. So I grabbed my blankets and pillows and made a makeshift bed on the floor. It was actually not that bad, and it beat sleeping on my pokey mattress, so I drifted off to sleep soon after. Then, Yunki. I heard my name being whispered. I sat up and squinted in my unlit room. Dad? I answered back. It didn't look like anyone was in my room. I was getting freaked out, so I went to my parents' room to see if it was either of them calling for me. But when I got to their room, they were both sound asleep. I was getting too scared. Mom, Dad, can I please sleep with you tonight? What now, Yoongi? My mom was not happy about being woken up again. There's something weird about that bed. I don't feel comfortable being there. My dad sighed heavily. How about this, he said. Why don't we sleep with you tonight, okay? We'll show you that the mattress is perfectly fine. So my mom and dad followed me to my room. Of course, when my parents laid down, they didn't feel anything. But I was both hoping and not hoping that they would experience the same thing that had just happened to me. With the warmth of my parents' bodies against me, I fell asleep. And I was awoken again, but this time by the screams of my parents. There's something inside the mattress, my mom exclaimed. See, I wasn't lying, I said. My dad went to grab his knife. I watched from the doorway as my parents propped the mattress up on its side, exposing the bottom. There was already a line of crude stitches. This mattress had been opened up before. My dad cut through the stitches and the underside of the mattress began to peel away. My parents gasped. I came closer to see what they saw. Inside of my mattress was a pile of bones. 
We immediately called the police. My mom told me to stay in their room while the police came to investigate and took the mattress away. I overheard the police talking about how they thought it might be a lead to a few missing children cases, and they were glad that we called. My parents let me stay in their room for the few remaining hours of the night, but I couldn't fall asleep. I kept thinking about that mattress, the missing kids. I think they were trying to get my attention. And I hope that they receive justice someday. A very special thank you to Yoongi for sharing that story with us. And I also hope that those kids receive justice. This story actually reminds me a lot of those urban legends where people find dead bodies in their hotel mattresses. Um, And actually those are not just urban legends. They're very true. Go Google it. This happens a lot and it's really sad and really weird. And our final story is a very famous ghost story in Mexico that I'm sure you're familiar with. There is also an animated version of this story over on youtube.com snarled. So if you want to check that out after the podcast, be my guest. A long time ago, in a rural village in Mexico, lived a young woman named Maria. She came from an impoverished family, but was known throughout the village for her beauty. One day, a wealthy nobleman was riding through the village and stopped in his tracks. He had traveled all over the world, but had never seen anyone quite like Maria. He knew he had to win her over. Maria was easily charmed by this smooth-talking man and accepted his immediate proposal of marriage. Maria's family was thrilled that she'd be marrying such a wealthy man, but the nobleman's arrogant father would not be so excited about this arrangement. So the nobleman built Maria a house in the village where they could be together without his father's knowledge. She eventually gave birth to two twin boys. The nobleman traveled a lot and left Maria in the house with the boys most of the time. At first, he brought many gifts back from his trips and was a devoted husband. But every time he left and came back, he grew colder and more distant to Maria, to the point where he would only give the boys his attention. Maria began to suspect that he was falling out of love with her, since she was getting older and was not as beautiful as she used to be. Years later, her husband stopped returning home. Maria was devastated. She really did love him. Rumors began to spread around the village, and Maria's reputation was tainted. Even more years had passed. Maria was walking with her children along the river, when a familiar horse-drawn carriage pulled up beside them. It was her ex-husband, but sitting next to him was a beautiful young woman wearing very expensive clothing. The nobleman greeted the children and made it very obvious that he was intentionally ignoring Maria. It was clear to her now why he had left. He had found a younger, wealthier woman, one that his father would be proud of. They rode away, leaving Maria in complete shock. How could he disrespect her like that? She was angry and humiliated and brokenhearted all at once. Without thinking, she hurled her young boys into the raging water. It wasn't until she saw their floating bodies downriver that she realized what she had done. Distraught, she threw herself in too in hopes that she could be reunited with them in the afterlife. However, 
that was not the case. Maria had committed the ultimate sins, murder and suicide. So now, she is forced to roam the earth between the physical and spiritual worlds, forever searching in vain for her children. She is called La Llorona, the Weeping Woman. To this day, people claim to see her by the river at night. When you hear her cries, take it as a warning and run. If she approaches you, she will bring you bad luck and misfortune. Children must be extra careful. She might confuse you for one of her own. And when she realizes that you are not her son, she will throw you into the river. Beware the cries of La Llorona. If you'd like to submit a story, send an email to somethingscary@snarled.com. This podcast is also available in video form at youtube.com slash snarled. Until next time, sweet dreams. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.